story starts the same way I'll just do a little bit until Sunday And now I don't even know who I am Not that I ever really did What you did you hit it's in your head or make decisions? And when you meet the devil, he will always say he isn't Once you in your head, it's in your head until you didn't Once it's in your head and then your head becomes a prison Everybody talks about potential Someday that boy will be something special But no one bothered to tell him not that it would change things if they did You gotta take sides Once it's in your head, you leave your head on big decisions And when you meet the devil, he will always say he isn't Once it's in your head, it's in your head until it isn't And once it's in your head, then your head becomes a prison did you take it or did it take you? Hello. Hello. Sorry about that. Oh, bro. Um, no, no luck. I am not working tonight. That sucks. It does. I really need the money. Uh, but whatever. Um, life goes on. Um, hopefully I get that money tomorrow, but that's not a show conversation. Um, moving on. We were just talking about work and stuff like that, and I read something interesting, and this is just kind of fun. I was reading an article about the 10 best American cities for Canadians to work in. Uh, really? I didn't know. There's over a million... Canadians living and working in the United States. I did not know that. Neither did I. I was very interested to learn that. And most of them are young people. They go to college in the States and they get offered a job while they're in college and they say, no. Um, and uh, they stay in, the, these are the 10 best cities in order for Canadians to live and work in. Uh, the first one is Austin, Texas. I can see that for sure. Yeah. Um, second one, Colorado Springs, Colorado, followed by Denver, Des Moines, Fayetteville. Uh, I forget where that is now. Uh, sorry, I should have wrote that down. I believe it's also Iowa. Um, okay. Portland, Oregon. My personal favorite, Huntsville, Alabama. <laughs> what is that your personal favorite? Huntsville, Alabama. Sorry, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Um, <laughs> Washington, D.C., Minneapolis, and then Seattle. Ah, so that was just kind of interesting to me. Um, and I decided, because I was so excited, I, I, I had to look up some things about Huntsville, Alabama. Um, not named for me or anyone in my family. But the bridges of Madison County are in Huntsville, Alabama. Ooh, wait, the bridge of Madison County, that's real? 
Yeah, yeah, Huntsville, Alabama is, is the main town in, in Madison County. Yeah. And that's a real thing. Now, when you think of famous people that you might have heard of from, yeah. from Huntsville, Alabama, uh, Mustafa Abashashkar, the deputy prime minister of Libya, probably not the first <laughs> that would come to mind, but he hails from Huntsville, Alabama. How the fuck is that possible? I have no idea, but he's the deputy minister of Libya. And I looked wow. that up. I had to I had to check Google on that. Now, yeah, that's a thing. Wow. And also, world-renowned hip hop star Mick Jenkins. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't have a clue. Mick Jenkins. And then this one really got me because it says Ed O'Neill. And you think, oh, thank God, Ed O'Neill, Al Bundy. Yeah. No, no, it's Ed O'Neill, the former governor of Alabama. Well, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> On their site. I love that. Who the fuck cares about him? Damn, right? And there's nobody you would care about. And there's like, they list like 200 people. Um, and they're, they're, all, they're all nobody. It's, it's there's no a family that they give a fuck about him. Um, and also the one I liked was the, uh, the head of the new Mormon leader. His name is Benjamin Clapp, and I just thought that was funny. <laughs> Mormons with the clap is funny to me. Was Clapp's named after him? Or? I, I, I guess so. Maybe it was named after him. I, I'm going to have to look him up because I just like Benjamin Clapp. That's a fun name. <laughs> and I didn't know there were, I guess it makes sense, there's a lot of Mormons in Alabama. I yeah. Know. But anyway, I thought that was really funny. That Hunt just, uh, they just list random people. And then I got bored with it, so I moved on. And what I moved on to was a project that I really wanted to devote some time to this year. Because I noticed one of the ten cities was not, I repeat, was not our city. Our good friends in Asheville, uh, uh, Ashburn, Virginia, which I oh. think I think Ashburn, Virginia, obviously the number one place to live and work in Canada. They're clearly highly intelligent people. Obviously, all three of them. So I looked them up, and uh, it turns out they are. Um, the average age in Ashburn is 31. And the average age is 31. Yeah. That's a young fucking town. Right? The it's probably a college town then. You would think, but the median income of these 31-year-olds is $100,719 a year. It's a trust fund fucking town. Uh, yeah, it sounds like it might be. Um, 78%, or sorry, 98% of the town has a high school education. 80% of the town are homeowners. Wow. That's crazy, right? 80%. 80% are homeowners. Um, the average price of a home was $340,000. Holy shit. Yeah, this is a well-off little town we're talking about. Oh. So hang on a second. So listeners in Ashburn... If I'm saying that right, hang on. Yeah, I said that I'd take off speaker for it. So, to our listeners in Ashburn, 
Give us fucking money. Yeah, please. Donate. Uh, uh, fund us. You something. Can, you can donate directly through Anchor.fm or Spreaker.com. They both give our listeners the option to donate directly to our show. That's a new thing with Spreaker, but Anchor has started it some time ago. Um, that is an option you can do, but we have to set up an account first through Anchor. But yes, please donate, rich kids. Um, kids, I, your I, parents would you're you're investing in future of people. Exactly. So do that. We will appreciate it, and we will talk about you. Another reason to like it. I wrote the second WTC, and I don't remember what that means now. Um, I should I should be better at my own damn notes. But the tra- <laughs> the the training camp for the uh, Washington Redskins, the NFL team, is in Ashburn. So that's oh, cool. That's um, kind of neat. And who comes from Ashburn? Wilson Pickett, the man who wrote Mustang Sally. Oh, how about that? Very Never cool. read that book before. No, no, the song. Remember the song? Mustang Sally, the commitment song. Oh, you shit, yeah. you must hang down. Oh, do Mustang Wilson Pickett. Wrote that yeah, how about that? And he wrote it about a girl named Sally who had a Mustang in Ashburn, Virginia. I have no idea what that's on about. Um, by car, by car from Milton, Ontario. Eight point five hours. Well, eight and a half hours. That's the day's drive. Eight and a half hours. It's probably a lovely drive. Um, um, actually, here, here's something for you. Speaking of driving. Um, in the morning for me to get to work takes me about, um, anywhere from 45 minutes on a very, very, very good day to an hour and a half. My drive home takes about 26 minutes. Wow. (laughs) That is... The other night, I was there until... Store closes at 9. I was there until 11. By the time I actually pulled out of the parking lot, it was 11 o'clock. And um, I drove taking back roads. I didn't even take the fucking highway. This is just straight back roads. And I drove from work to uh, my girlfriend's place, which is about a 12-minute, by the way, I drive. Um, drive uh, from my place, um, and it took me 21 minutes. Wow, to do that run, and um, um, I can say this because she doesn't listen to the show. Um, I told her I said, "Yeah, I'm gonna." Cause she wanted me to stop in and say, you know, she wanted a, a, a hug and a kiss before I went home. But I took that route instead of a different route, and. Um, I had time to stop and go to McDonald's and eat McDonald's, and I got to a place. She's like, "Why well, you made good time?" I'm like, "Yep, <laughs> well done." So yeah, it worked quite well for me. Awesome. Well, I was thinking this would be a fun drive for us because it is only eight hours away, and so by the way, you drive uh, probably less depending on the border. Yep. And uh, it's only thirty minutes northwest of Washington D.C., so we could go visit all of our favorite politicians while we're there. And we could shit on a monument. We could shit on a monument. We could do all <laughs> kinds of things. 
And what I really love, because um, Milton has inspired me to, every time I see a talent on Google, I have to look at their events calendar. <laughs> is anybody's as exciting as ours? Well, I got to say, Ashburn, Virginia, the three things they list are Kingpin's Bowling Alley, Ooh. Uh, the Atomic Trampoline Fun Center, <laughs> and the uh, iFly Indoor Skydiving Center, <laughs> which Toronto just got, and by the way. That, well, I want to go to Ashburn's first, because there's only 43,000 people in Ashburn, I'm sure they're not all doing that. Yeah, I'm sure there's no lineup at all for that one. There's probably a lot more in uh, Toronto, I would imagine. Oh, yeah, very much so, yeah. Um, and, and number four was uh, Children's uh, Health and Wellness Center, which I thought was really funny and depressing. That the fourth thing <laughs> is like a children's hospital. That's cool. Um, <laughs> that, that was sad. Wow. Um, oh, go ahead. I, I have a plug, by the way, for later. Plug yeah, away. Oh. Um, so a, an old uh, high school friend of mine, um, he is a uh, very well-renowned uh, Canadian chef. Um, his name is Chef Jason Bangader, and um, he is uh, the executive chef, head executive chef at a place called uh, Langdon Hall. Oh, I've heard of in, that. Uh, in Cambridge, Ontario. Believe it or not, um, I've heard of it. Okay, cool. Um, it is. Uh, it's. It's. It's been around for a long time. Um, it's a very, very, <laughs> a very high-end um, hotel, spa, and restaurant. Um, I was checking out their menu, and uh, it's that type of restaurant where you, you, once you leave there, like once you've paid your hundreds of dollars for a meal, you leave and go to McDonald's to get filled up after. Yeah. You know, because it's all about the art of plating and the freshness of the foods and the perfect pairing of all the foods and whatnot. Which I hate. Um, but yeah, I, I want to experience this tremendously. I, I really do. It's just, you know, how do you justify $50 for a fucking plate of food? Um, what, um, what I want to plug is on the Food Network, um, on Iron Chef Canada. So Iron Chef is one of my all-time favorite TV shows in the world. It's what inspired me to cook to begin with. I loved Iron Chef Japan and then Iron Chef America afterwards. I will um, so say, in all honesty, I swear to God, and I'm not embarrassed to say, I've never once seen an episode. Oh, it's Iron Chef Japan was the best because um, the English overdubs were amazing. Um, they because the, uh, there was one of the commentators uh, every time, because they had like, the one guy that was like in sort of like in the kitchen area. Uh, that would like interview the chefs and talk about like, what are you making now? What are you doing? Basically for those that don't know, the basic concept of iron chef is, um, you pit a, an iron chef, which is an award winning chef. Um, the, the show will have anywhere from three to five house chefs. And then they pick, um, top chefs from around, um, to pit them against these iron chefs. And they have to make anywhere from four to six plates. But the trick is right before they start cooking, they throw in the mystery theme ingredient. This The ingredient has to be incorporated into every right. single dish. Which every cooking competition show since has stolen, by the way. Exactly. And this was all taken from Iron Chef. That's where it all started was Iron Chef Japan and that, Iron Chef America. That mystery, all started from that. 
that mystery ingredient, it's always my favorite part of MasterChef. Yeah, it's 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 an it's an interesting concept. Um, I really like it. Um, I would suck at it horribly, by the way. Oh, I'd be terrible at it because especially when they get these things where all of a sudden you see the chef and like, I have no idea what to do. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's the best. Um, but my friend, uh, Jason Bagner is actually going to be one of the competitors on Iron Chef Canada. That is so cool. Do you have a date? I have no idea what day because when you, when I look it up online so I can find out what's on it, they will, the episode only says what the theme ingredient is. It does not tell you who's competing. Now, is this a one episode thing or is this, he's on all season, the season, like a Hell's Chef, Hell's Kitchen well, thing? One, ep- one episode only. Okay, well, definitely keep tracking that. Every Wednesday at, I think it's uh, Wednesday at like 10 o'clock or 8 o'clock. I can't fucking remember, but Wednesday every Wednesday night. On the Food Network? On the Food Network. On the Food Network, and it's Valider? Uh, Jason Bangeter. Bangeter. Yeah. All right, everybody, you know what to do. <laughs> we are not missing this episode. No, we are, we are promoting it every night from now on, and and wishing him all the best. I am going to be watching it tomorrow night myself. I'm one of my girlfriend's plays. I'm be watching it. She's been she's uh, setting up her DVR to record in case we're not there immediately. But uh, yeah, I'm very excited for this. I'm super excited for him. When he initially set the post, I had this little rant thing I put on him, saying like, you know. I am so in awe of you right now because to say that I know somebody personally that is now on one of these shows and it's just it's that is amazing. Very, very cool. And sorry, it's Jason Bangeter. Jason Bangeter. Our favorite Congratulations, guy. Congratulations, Jay. Great You're name, by the man. way. Yeah, that, that's great a guy. Great, great name for an Iron Chef to have as well. Yeah, right? Bangeter. I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot. Jason Bangeter, you are the hero of the show. Um, I apologize, uh, Mr. Uh, McKenna, uh, mattress salesman extraordinaire. You're, you're taking a step down because you're not on iron mattress. You're just the brick guy. You're just a dude that likes to cook. And, <laughs> and, and that's cool that, but this guy is, he's going to be the iron version of his thing. That's oh, I will never be like the iron anything. No, I don't oh, even, by the way, I don't even iron my clothes. Guess who one of the uh, one of the guest judges are? Uh, is he one of? Wait, hang on a second. I'm getting this wrong. Is he one of the judges? No, he's one of the Iron Chefs. One of the Iron Chefs is Rob Feeney. Really? You know who that is? Oh, of course, everybody knows who Rob Feeney is. Everybody in BC knows who Rob Feeney is. Yes. <laughs> uh, now I always thought Rob. I've been. I I have heard, and obviously it's not true that Rob Feeney is quite the fraud. Well, uh, apparently not because he is, uh, he is one of the, uh, he is one of the iron chefs that will be, has the chance to go up against. Well, that's very cool. You know, that's a very Vancouver thing. I don't know if you noticed while you live here, but, uh, whenever someone succeeds in Vancouver, the first thing Vancouverites want to do is tear them down and, and make them seem like something they're not. Um, yeah, which is really disappointing considering how many amazing chefs there are out in BC. Hugely disappointing, and it's not just chefs; it's everyone in in all walks of life. Um, uh, well, nobody, everybody has this whole complex now. This is why they have fucking placement awards nowadays for everybody. It's because everybody wants to feel validated. And if somebody is amazing in their field, like well, they're not that good. Well, it's uh, I can cook just as good as him. No, you can't. You're a fucking dual fucking 
Drop dead. One of my favorite quotes of all time is, people who don't have the courage to follow their dreams will always uh, try to fault you for yours. Absolutely. Um, and it's very Vancouver to do that. We do it through every... Look at Matt Good, or even... I hate myself for saying this, but even Nickelback. Nobody hates Nickelback more than people from Vancouver, where they hail from. Um, <laughs> and for I met the guitar player once from Nickelback. They're they're very nice guy. Yeah, I met the whole band uh, because they opened for my band in 1999. <laughs> that's and that's just fucking true. <laughs> um... And why weren't you part of the fucking thing where they, because they ended up, because they did a bunch of gigs with that, um, that fucking, uh, what's that fucking Nickelback wannabe band? The fuck are they called? Uh, Theory of a Bad Band. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they used to play gigs with them all the time, so it's, that's why Nickelback made them famous. It's Theory of a Mad Man, but Theory, Theory of a Bad of, Band a, was always funny to me. Theory of a Dead Man. Theory of a Bad Band. Yeah. yeah that's what, oh, fucking, that band sucks. That's a funny name. Them. I liked one of their songs. It had a cool guitar line. Uh, but all you ever hear is that goddamn, what is it, Malibu? Not Malibu, it's not even. Yeah, Santa Monica. Santa Monica, yeah. I remember Santa Monica. Fuck you. It's just shut the fuck up. <laughs> Go blow Chad Kruger. <laughs> or that uh, We Wake Up, We Break Up song. That was the big one. <laughs> we wake up, we break up. Like, really? How long did it take you to come up with that? <laughs> You know, one thing I always loved about Nickelback was um, one of the uh, DJs on uh, radio station 97.7 Hits FM out here. Um, the there's I, I can't think of her name, but there's a female DJ. Uh, she every chance she had, she mocked Chad Kruger, and one of her longest best rant things about him was that every time when he went ooh, she said his face looked like a cat's ass. <laughs> Um, and it was a great thing. So the the management of the radio station got Chad Kruger to come in to do an interview, and they forced her to interview him just so that she she had to face him for all the mocking and everything else. And oh, then she had wow. to be the one to interview him. And it was a great thing. And she's like, when the other DJs are talking about it, they're like, you know, so what are you gonna do? Like, well, I mean, I have to talk about it because what kind of an asshole would I be if I shoot my mouth off and don't say it to his face? So, <laughs> and I'll give Chad Kruger credit. He, um, as soon as he walked in the studio, first thing he just walked in and went, Ooh, <laughs> just a fuck with her. So I thought that was that, well, well, well done, Mr. Kruger. I was creeping on my, uh, one of the biggest crushes of my life. And I heard, uh, Avril Lavigne doing that, how you remind me song. Yeah, um, because I still love her. I don't care. I'll forgive her for the whole Chad Kruger thing. But it's her singing that song, and it's god-awful. It's terrible. Well, she just released a brand-new album, eh? Well, that better not be on it. I don't know, but the new song, I actually heard it today. It's actually really nice. Yeah, I bet it is. She's a great. I like her. I, I've always yeah. liked her. Um, I want to take a quick little sidestep here and just read something that I've just found. Mm -hmm. uh, Chef Jason Baggerter of Cambridge, Ontario, is notably an influential leader in the culinary industry. His career spans nationally and internationally, working alongside some of the world's greatest chefs. Chef Jason's yep. unbridled passion for excellence is fueled by his dedication to supporting and developing sources for sustainable, responsibly produced ingredients. He has successfully yep. crafted a talented team that shares his philosophy and vision. He's equally proud of his role as an innovator and mentor, continuing to have a profound effect on Canada's culinary scene. 
Langdon Hall Country House Hotel and Spa welcomed Executive Chef Jacob Bangader in 2013. Inspired by his exceptionally high personal standards, Langdon Hall's culinary direction continues to be honored as the only restaurant in Ontario to be awarded the AAA Five Diamond Rating. That's right. So that's uh, from the Food Network's website where you can go and see a picture of a very intimidating picture of uh, this young man. <laughs> And, uh, He's such a fucking nice guy, though. I mean, like, yeah, now, that really, I'm on really the, now that I'm on the site and I see the chefs, including, yeah, Rob Feeney is named here, and Lynn Crawford, Amanda Cohen, some really big names in, well, celebrity chefing. I don't know their yep. real chefing abilities, but... Uh, Lynn Crawford, now, Chef Lynn Crawford, um, I don't, I'm not a fan. Of all the times I've seen her on TV shows, whether she was, like, hosting her own show, whatever it was... Yeah. I never liked her. I'm not a always big fan of her. She was a Master Chef Canada, I believe, for a yes. reason. So. But she has, if I were to ever to be a chef, she has the restaurant that I would want to do. Oh, is that right? Listen to her concept, and I love this idea. What you do is you book your table like three fucking months in advance to try to get a table. Right. And then when you show up, you don't get to pick what you want to eat. She fucking makes whatever she wants to make that day, and then yeah. you fucking eat it. I think every chef would prefer that. I think I don't like it. I think I love the idea. I love the concept. Just show up. Well, I don't like meat. Well, fuck you. I'm making roast beef. Yeah, I'll say it. <laughs> you know what? Well, then, fuck you. You pay for it. Nope. You're going to enjoy it because I'm that good. Yeah, I don't. If, I, if I'm paying that much money for food, I want to pick what I'm eating. Yeah, I, had I love argument, the idea. I had this argument at a very prestigious uh, steakhouse in Calgary that I got to go to, uh, somewhere I would never be able to afford, but it was a gift from a landlord, and that's a very long story that I'm not going to tell. But oh, yeah. I, my wife and I got dinner at this very, very prestigious uh, Calgary steakhouse where the chef refused to do my steak well done. He actually came out. Why do you want your steak well done? Because that's the, the way I like it. That is the wrong way to eat a I steak. I don't care. That's the way I, I like it. And oh. he came out of the kitchen and made a point of coming to the table to refuse me, sir. And <laughs> Good. That's Good not, not something you want to do uh, with me. Um, <laughs> I guarantee you. If you want to ruin your steak, you night. go to a fucking Kelsey's. If I want to <laughs> ruin my steak, I paid, well, someone paid. I reject it. Was, it was literally over $100 for a seven-ounce steak and a baked potato. Um, <laughs> holy fuck. Uh, and he refused to cook it for me. And I'm sorry. Cavemen learn to cook meat, and I want my meat cooked. That's the way I like it. And I, I, I don't care what anybody says. You have yours the way you have yours. That's fine. I don't give a shit. You go rip a piece off a cow's ass and chew it. I don't care. I like my meat cooked. Uh, I went to a steak restaurant with my buddy's family, and I've never seen this man eat steak before, my buddy's dad. I've never seen him, uh, fuck you, Mike, I'm calling you out, um, well, he's Bill, Mike's dad. Um, <laughs> I've never seen that man do this before. When he eats his steak, he doesn't like it well done. He likes it burnt to yep. a charcoal. Yep, my stepsister is the same way. So we went to the steakhouse, and he ordered up a steak. He told me he said he wants it burnt, and that's what he told him. So the guy cooked it as far as he thought he could cook it, and he's like, and he's like, no, I'll cook it more. Yeah. 
He's like, I'm not cooking this anymore. You're going to ruin the fucking meat. He goes, fucking cook it more. And this argument went back and forth. So finally, the chef comes out, brings out a little hibachi grill, set it beside the table and said, ruin your own fucking steak. I'm not doing it. <laughs> and walked away. Very <laughs> nice. Thing, and he charred the shit. And sure enough, when he goes to cut it, he's not cutting as much as he just, he puts his fork in and just chunks break off. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And then we're like, what the fuck? Like, eat a charcoal. Save the money. You know, there's more flavor in a charcoal than there is the fucking steak. But you're, I, I'm paying you to provide me a service in the way that I want it provided to me. I'm paying you to do that. I'm not paying no, 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 you for no, no, your no. fucking opinion. No, no, no. Actually, you're not. What you're doing is you're paying somebody else to cook a meal the way they perceive is what the meal should be properly cooked. If you don't want the meal, if you want a meal to food the way you want it, stay the fucking home and ruin your own food. To go out to a restaurant, especially a place of a more high-end caliber, these guys labor over how to season and perfectly cook a meal so you get the maximum amount of flavor and enjoyment out of this meal. If you just want to destroy the food, but that's how I get the maximum amount of enjoyment, then go the fucking home. <laughs> Well, I couldn't fathom telling a guy to, like, when you go to, like, a restaurant and you say, oh, can I have this, but change half the ingredients on it. Well, then why yeah, are you no, going in to eat? Yeah, no, I, 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 there's definitely a limit on it. But, hey, Joe Forte's, a very expensive uh, steak and, and lobster house right here in beautiful downtown Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. They had no problem mm-hmm. with it. They, they did a very nicely well-done steak for me. And not overdone. Just I like it well. I just, I want it brown all the way through. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, that part of it I understand to an extent, because uh, I used to eat my steak that way because I didn't know any better before. But then when I, once I realized that when you start quote unquote undercooking it a bit, you get into the rare medium, the rare to medium rare uh, levels, the flavor is so much better. Like you get you if you don't like here's the way I say it. if you don't like steak specifically cook cooked rare to medium rare, you don't like the flavor of steak. That could be... You don't like the flavor of meat. I can, I can agree with you on, on that. Although, well, then why don't you... If, if, then why don't you do that to your ground beef? If I don't Who like... Said I don't? Well, I, you shouldn't. It's very, very bad for you. Um, <laughs> if you I, use a good quality beef, if you use, like, a good Angus, well, then you can. It depends on who it's slaughtered by. Uh, ground beef... Uh, you never know if it's full of E. coli or not. People don't listen to him. Cook your beef. Um, okay, <laughs> you don't know if the guy who slaughtered it was hungover and missed and caught just one drop of that stomach juice and uh, you, you're, uh, you're E. coli on your way all, all the way to the hospital. Um, I've also eaten week. fucking raw chicken before, and it's never fucking hurt me either. So I, I, You know what? I, yeah, but you're a freak. Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, everybody cook your meat. That's just a thing. Um, uh, and uh, you know what? I, I, I'm not going to do the steak fight with you. My stepsister got harassed uh, because she always said, put it on until you think you've gone too far and go five minutes farther. Um, oh. <laughs> I want a barrier. Yeah, she, <laughs> that, that was always her little quote. As soon as you think it's ready to come off, leave it for three minutes. Um, oh wow! And it was a constant fight with with my stepdad as well. He hated it, um, and, and always tried to do it differently. Um, 
my father-in-law, you, you just, I, I ate raw, I, I, I ate rare steak. I just, that was just not an argument he and I were going to have. Yeah. Um, he was just not going to hear it. You will eat what I put on the table or you won't eat. Um, I also <laughs> suffered through years of salmon at his table. I think he just did it on purpose. Um, <laughs> just for giggles. Well, he knows I, he knew I hated fish. Everyone knows I don't like seafood. I, um, and he would serve seafood every special occasion just for me. Um, <laughs> which I can't wait to do to whoever is stupid enough to marry my daughter. <laughs> I will find out whatever he hates, and that is what he will eat every time he's at my house. I can't wait to do that. Um, but yeah, I won't. I won't get into the fight with you. You eat your steak however you want, and I will live uh, my life. I could actually. I. I. No, I'm not going to say that. But I uh, maybe you're. I think you're more on on point by saying maybe people just don't like steak. Um, it, it's that it's not always my first choice. To be honest, I, I'd take a burger any day over a steak. Yeah, I know not me. I'm I'm a steak man. I know you uh, are, and I don't fault you for it. Yeah, I remember. So, um, one time back when I was married, I had the uh, the ex's uh, father and sister over for dinner, and um, I labored over this meal. I had uh, filet mignon, uh, just basically just the uh, the filet uh, wrapped in bacon. Which I don't like. Dying. I think are just great. Um, I used to do, I, I perfected this interesting rub sort of marinade, which was basically a mixture of a garlic Parmesan bread dipping oil with a ton of fucking raw garlic. Wow. And then what I did is I would mix this up and I would just, I would take like two whole garlics chop the shit out of it, not like finely diced, but like little chunks. And then I would, um, you know, put it in a Ziploc bag, um, you know, throw the steaks in it, pull the, as much air as I could and then wrap it. So they would all sit really packed inside it. So when you go to cook the steak, you would have this marinade chunks of garlic on the top and bottom layer of this thing. Right. So when you go grill it, you got your grill nice and hot. You throw the steak on first. And what that does is it basically smokes the garlic through the steak. Oh, cool. So when you actually get to your steak when you're ready to eat it, it actually is this very garlic-infused steak. Um, I, I, that's a, similar to a trick I like to do with chicken where I like to put uh, garlic under the skin. Yes. And very, very cooked in between the skin and gets right through the chicken. It's very nice. But I, I want to try that. That sounds awesome. It was it was a great, great, great mixture. Um, I fucking loved it. Um, so one night I cooked the dinner and there's that. There's, uh, I did uh, like a chopped up potato with the garlic and onion and spices with olive oil. I put that in tinfoil, put that on the barbecue. It was a whole meal. Um, it took me a long time to make. And uh, so I got this whole meal done. I knew her sister liked her steak done uh, well done or medium well. Um, 
which is actually pretty much their whole family did. I was the only one who liked them undercooked. Um, so I cooked the steaks longer. I got them all set up. And my ex's sister, uh, sorry, and sorry, my ex's sister uh, boyfriend was also there. And um, so there's a, you know, four of us sitting down to eat. And when I started, when I served the meal, her sister did nothing but bitch about absolutely everything. And the one thing she wouldn't let go was one of the pieces of potato that I served was burnt. It was done on a barbecue and fucking tinfoil. It's going to happen. It's one piece. Move to the fucking side and move on. I love the she would fry, by the way. I'm the, I'm the guy who dives for that. Sorry. Oh, I am. I am too. I love that shit. It's fucking great. But this was actually charred. Like it was burnt to a crisp. Like it was fucking fully charred. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyway. And this fucking bitch fucking complained about every single aspect of the fucking meal. And I mean, bitched about it. And I got so fucking sick and tired of hearing it that halfway through the fucking meal, I picked up a fucking plate from in front of her. We hooked up to the fucking back door, flicking open, and threw the plate in the backyard. Beautiful. And I turned around and said, make your own fucking meal. And I turned around and I fucking left the house. I was pissed. It should be. And I'm, as I'm walking out of the house, I'm thinking, I just did that in front of my fucking wife's daughter. <laughs> Not exactly. The first meal I've ever cooked for the family, and this is the way I act sort of thing. So I'm like, how am I ever going to show my face? Oh, my fucking God. I come back after about a half an hour or something like that. I'm like, oh my God, I got to face these people now. This could be terrible. And I walk in and her sister is standing there. She's like half in tears because apparently after I left, the three of them jumped down her fucking throat. Good on them. And they just freaked right out on her. Um, her boyfriend shook my hand and apologized profusely for her. Said the meal was great. Basically, fuck that idiot. Um, her father shook my hand and said, I, I appreciate what you did. I'm like, oh, man. Dodge the bullet. But I... So I really understand when a chef in a restaurant makes a meal to a certain extent and somebody comes in and says, fucking take what you did and ruin it to my specifications instead of how it sh you're going to maximize its potential and everything else. I understand why a chef wouldn't do it. I understand why they would get frustrated and refuse to do certain things. Sometimes they take it too far, too far. I agree. Like, that's why I appreciate with the one chef where he brought up the little hibachi grill said, here, fuck it up on your own terms. I'm not doing it. Um, I appreciated that, but there's just nothing more fucking infuriating than when you labor and labor over a meal. And I spent, you know, three fucking years plus, perfecting this particular mixture in this meal and everything matched. It was, it was such a great meal thing and everything else. Everybody else loved it, but that one person's got to fucking ruin it. And, and this is where, I, this is where I like to address. This is the part of the show where uh, Gord takes a little breather and I like to address everyone at home for a minute. Um, I hate seafood. I hate, I think it's wrong and it should stay in the sea. I think only fish should eat fish. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, when, <laughs> when I met um, my daughter's, uh, I guess they would be her second cousins, um, my, my ex's uh, cousins, uh, they made us a very nice barbecued meal in New Westminster and would not stop raving about these prawns. They're world famous prawns. They let their 
They're famous in their group for these barbecued prawns. Okay. I didn't open my mouth once. I ate the prawns. I said, those are very lovely prawns. You're, you're very good at your prawns. I, I hated every minute of it. They were good. I, I'm sure if you like fish, they were good. They were very nice garlic and whatever. I hated yeah. it. I shut up and I ate it. And I smiled and I said, yes, you're right. These are the best prawns I've ever had in my life. And we all had a very happy dinner. That's what you do. Yeah. You don't sit and bitch and ruin everybody else's night because you just feel like being a bitch or because you know, that's what you do. That's called fake it. Fucking lie. It's the easiest thing in the world. Everyone went home happy. It's, it's okay to lie in those situations. That's right. Be fucking nice. Be respectful. Lie. <laughs> you know, thank you. Uh, it, it, it happens way too often, and kids, I think, nowadays are worse than ever about it. No. Um, they say whatever the fuck they want. No, you can't. Shut up. Sometimes you got to suck it up and take one for the team. Yeah. Fully agree. I appreciate that. Thank you. Especially when someone puts in that kind of effort. And when they're really proud of something. You know how many people come up to me? Because I'm quite... I've become known as a bit of an artist. I paint, I draw, and people in my little group uh, think I'm good. Um, And with that, because I work in a very public place, uh, a lot of people want to come up and show me their art. Which I love, by the way. Um... I don't do what I do to show you what I can do. I do it to show you what you can do. Because if I can do it, you absolutely can. Um, that's the whole point of the champion tree. Is I, I'm not doing this to show you what I can do. I want to show you what you can do. Um, so people come up and show me their art. And they're incredibly proud of it. And they want to show me because they think I would appreciate it. And it's crap. It's all crap. 98% of it is garbage. <laughs> um I'm not going to stand there and say that. I'm going to say, yeah, dude, that's awesome. Because, you know what? So is, mine is shit to the guy who's better than me. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Uh, but you don't, you don't stand there and go, no, this is shit. This isn't the way I like it. This is, this is wrong. And then, No. They're proud of what they did. And, fuck, these are junkies who did something just to show me they did it. That's fucking cool. I'm not, yeah. you don't, just lie once in a while, you know, just think of, think of other people for a change, and I know that sounds weird coming from me, but, <laughs> <laughs> think of other people just for a little bit, how would you feel, but the golden rule, for Christ's sake, it's the first fucking rule that ever was invented, I think, probably, I don't know that, but it's it's a damn old rule, and it's the easiest and makes the most sense. Think about how you would want to be treated. Yeah. Would you want to be sit there and told that your labor of love, the thing that you worked on, the thing that you put your heart and sort of soul into, would you want somebody to turn around and say, I think that's fucking garbage? No, not that I think it's garbage. That is garbage. Yeah. You know what? I have one, too. Mine's my shepherd's pie. If anyone said anything about my shepherd's pie, I'd slap them in right in the fucking mouth. <laughs> and, oh, just by the way, all you purists, uh, fuck you. I don't care. It's supposed to be lamb. I use beef. Shut up. It's, oh, not, it's not shepherd's pie. You made it with beef. Well, there's no fucking sheep in B.C. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I um, I love beef shepherd's pie. I'm yeah. a big fan. There is actually another name for it in English. A nice English guy educated me. There is a different name for it in England. Um, it's not a shepherd's pie if you use beef. It's a something else pie. Um, yeah. I forget now what it is. It's a stupid I name. I know that. Uh, but yeah, they do, they do have that distinction. But uh, I don't care, everybody. So shut up. Don't, don't correct me. When I tell you I made a shepherd's pie, it's never a fucking English guy that says it either. It's always just some dick. Some <laughs> asshole who thinks he knows better, but he really doesn't. You want to you sit at the table and be that guy? Brian Regan had a great thing about uh, being one of the guys who went to space. Just so you can always be that guy at every party. It doesn't matter what anybody says. The next thing out of your mouth is going to be cooler. Because you were in fucking space. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That is the ultimate. You, you sit next to a table of a guy who's been to space. That's it. Oh, I did. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah? I was in space. <laughs> like, I saw that the, world, that the world wasn't flat. Chris Hadfield. <laughs> best story at every party for the rest of his life. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't matter where he goes. He's, he's the party pooper. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, and the guy who was just ruined a guy like me, because uh, yeah. I, I always think my stories are amazing, but uh, they're still not space. No, um, exactly. Which I would really love to go to uh, one day. Oh, well, I'm not sure amazing. if I would like it because I'm claustrophobic. Um, I would love it because I'm not claustrophobic. Elon Musk, send me out to space. Uh, Elon, give me a Tesla, and I will drive Gord to wherever you're sending into space. I don't like the little... If they can make a spaceship like the size of a plane... Where I, I have room to move around, I'm okay. But I, I couldn't do a submarine. I couldn't do a spaceship. I, like, they're small. They're very small. I could travel to space in a coffin and I'd be fine. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I no. was hide and seek in the casket room when I was a kid. No. So I the home, so. Never, never, never. <laughs> I, I, I destroyed a snow fort when I was a kid because I got trapped in the door of it. And uh, <laughs> neighborhood kids that spent days working on this, and I got stuck in the door, and I had to stand up and destroy it to get out because I freaked the fuck out. Um, <laughs> I can't be a coffin. I couldn't even, as a, as a joke, when I come to visit you, I can't even sit in one, I guarantee you. With the lid closed, I couldn't. Oh, yeah, no. Tight spaces are not a problem for me. I, I, all. I smashed open it's the door. Like women. <laughs> the, uh, very much, yeah, that, my dick is not claustrophobic. I am. Um, <laughs> he very much likes tight places. I, not so much. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, that's great. <laughs> very much enjoy fucking outside. Um, yeah, the uh, elevator at Bed Bath & Beyond, the freight elevator. I got trapped in that. I remember that day. I remember you guys talking to you while you were in there. I pushed the little emergency button. They said, well, be here in about an hour and 45 minutes. And I said, okay. And I ripped the door open. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that day. Uh, Somebody came up to me and said that you're trapped in the elevator. And I'm like, Eric's trapped in the elevator. And I'm like, really? Yeah, <laughs> Eric's claustrophobic. I'm like, I got to go talk to Eric. <laughs> Eric. Yeah. Yeah, it's Gord. Hey, Gord. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? I'm trapped in the elevator. <laughs> yeah? How, how you doing down there? I'm, I, I'm trapped in the elevator. <laughs> I'm not enjoying this. <laughs> you, know? you, you, you can hear the, uh, you can hear the panic in your voice. <laughs> I wasn't used to hearing that with you. Which I hate because it's, uh, 
It's irrational. It's a phobia. It makes no sense. There's no childhood trauma. I've asked. It's not something I've blocked out. Uh, there's nothing there. It's just something in my brain makes me that way. It's that's stupid. And that's what bugs me is that it's irrational. Like, I, I'm slightly afraid of spiders, and that's stupid. I'm a hundred times bigger than them. It's an irrational, stupid thing. Um, and that, Does it, it bother you knowing how many of those you eat in a lifetime? Yeah, very much. I, I don't like to think about it. That's 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 up with the hot dog thing. Don't tell me. I don't need to know. I can tell you what the number one ingredient in hot dogs. I know you can, and I don't care. I don't want to know. I know it the lifts and assholes and all that shit, but it's not true. It's not lifts and assholes, or who's. It's not true. Completely untrue. The, the number one ingredient is actually really good for you. That doesn't make it good. I never said it made it good. I just said it was good. The one main ingredient right. is good for you. The rest go, of the slurry, not so much. But go, go ahead and indulge everybody. <laughs> Cow heart. <laughs> my grandfather, my my mom's uh, father, good old Scottish fella. He ate all that weird heart and tongue and shit like that. <laughs> he loved tongue. <laughs> Love tongue. See, I have an issue with tasting something that can taste me back. And liver. And li- always liver and onions. My mom still yeah. does liver. She never forced it on me. God bless her. She would have her liver and onions and make something else for me and my brother. Uh, she tried it once. We both uh, screamed bloody murder, and she never made us do it again. My um, mom would always order that. Still does if she goes out to certain restaurants. Yeah, she orders the liver and onions. I my did. mom, too. Uh, I, didn't, I don't get it. It's a weird Canadian mom thing. Yeah, it's a weird <laughs> flavor. It's a weird texture. It's uh, you either like it or you don't. I find it's very similar to eating a or, or sucking on like a, an iron bar. Well, <laughs> it, it's a, um, imagine a Brita filter that filters all the shit that you don't <laughs> need out of your body, and then eating that. It, it, it cleans all the shit out of your blood so that your blood is clean. That's its function. <laughs> it's it, it, like, like a big fucking sponge full of all the shit that's not supposed to be in your blood. What part of that screams mm, delicious? And what I love is is when you have something like that they make it exotic by calling uh, by calling it like foie Exactly. It's a fucking duck liver. Ducks eat their own shit. <laughs> and then the liver filters it. You want to eat that. <laughs> You're gonna and eat that. ridiculous amounts for it. Some fucking <laughs> French asshole is laughing his ass off. Whoever invented that thought it was the funniest fucking thing. These are the same fucks that made us drink bottled water. You know how stupid they are. Bet they oh, absolutely it is. I bet they pay for water. No, they're not stupid enough to pay for water. They get it from the tap. Oh, they'll pay it. <laughs> We I will bet you a Coke. <laughs> I bet you a Coke. We call it something fancy. They'll pay $3 a bottle. <laughs> we'll call it naive backwards. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it's the best. <laughs> I bet we take a big fat duck and pull out his liver. They charge $100 for it. Say we love it in France. Not only... Not only will we do that, but we're actually going to fucking turn it into like a paste. <laughs> so it's like pre-chewed grossness. <laughs> Wait a minute, is this just squished gross meat? No, no, it's pate. 
Oh, that's it. Oh, it sounds so fancy. I could have <laughs> swore it was fucking spam. <laughs> no, no, no. That's no. it. <laughs> oh, well, that's much. No, it's spam. <laughs> I know spam. You can't trick me. I'm pretty sure spam actually has a little more nutritional value than pate. Probably, <laughs> but yeah, everyone, everyone makes, thinks the French are all stupid. No, they're making fun of us all the time. Yeah, that's all they do. Their they meals are based to make fun of us. They don't like any of the shit. The mimes, uh, blah, blah, all that. They give it to us and laugh their asses off. <laughs> and Quebec, they gave us that. Yeah. Thanks, assholes. You think you won the war? You get these dicks for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> you get the rejects out of fucking. They fucked off back to France. They don't even speak the same language. <laughs> <laughs> they, they tricked us into having Quebec and foie gras. Oh, that's a stupid chef thing. They do it here too, the hundred dollar fucking hamburger with some stupid thing on it. Yeah. And they do yeah, it with we'll mushrooms. Be- Who the fuck decided mushrooms are worth more than gold? Fuck you. Give her, you have to remember though, Eric. You know where um truffles were how were they were uh, discovered the first time? I don't. They were dug up by pigs. That, that makes sense. Pigs were the ones that discovered them, and some dude tasted one, a black truffle, and said, holy shit. Exactly. This tastes like a mild garlic. This is incredible. Holy I shit. I say God bless him for that, because fucking truffles are delicious. No, uh, you'll never get me on the mushrooms. Have you ever tried one? They're gross. No, I, I don't want to. Do you like garlic? I like garlic, yeah. You will like truffles, because it's, it's a garlic without the burn. Yeah, but it tastes That's what like a black mushroom. truffle tastes like. It feels like yeah. a mushroom. Mushrooms are gross. I don't like the texture. I don't like putting them in my mouth. And the big fancy ones in pig shit, you can get those in Abbotsford now. Because um, the you know my favorite did that. Of all the mushrooms, my favorite out of all of them is a, a very expensive mushroom called a lobster mushroom. Oh, I know. It's I've called a lobster mushroom. It's called a lobster mushroom because it actually looks like a cooked lobster. It's Ew. got the, it's got like the red. And, Why would you eat that? Well, here's what's funny. That's one of the things Lobster. that just in nature, you wouldn't walk by it and go, that looks appetizing. No, you think that looks toxic. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's what's funny about it. On its own, lobster mushrooms are very gross and bitter. But if you cook it in something, it absorbs that flavor and becomes delicious. Yeah, that's that bullshit they tried to feed me about tofu, too. It, it is the natural <laughs> version of tofu is really what it is, and you're paying a top dollar. I bought two lobster mushrooms at a market in Toronto. It cost me $17 for these two mushrooms. Not cheap by the, in the slightest. And, uh, I yeah, I, I cooked them in this. I, I used it in a, uh, in a garlic... Um, uh, I can't think it's like a, like a garlic and oil sort of, uh, reduction thing that I made and I threw the mushrooms in there. And when I did a first taste test of it, <laughs> I was thinking, Oh my God, I wasted my money. This is disgusting. But then once I cooked it all the way in, 
they were delicious until I realized I just paid $17 to completely alter the flavor of something. So it tasted like what I was cooking anyway. I, right? <laughs> what a waste. Uh, <laughs> what I, a complete and total waste of time. <laughs> I like that you do appreciate the finer things. I, I genuinely mean that. I, I do like that about you. And, and it, it's funny because one of the ideas I had for uh, a, just kind of a hokey thing was I was going to print off a picture of Oscar and Felix. Um, and we, and, but it would be me and you dressed like Oscar, Oscar and Felix, and we'd be the pod couple. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. Because I, I, I'm a big fan of the odd couple. I always found them very funny. Um, um, Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon were the original mm. odd couple who and went on to be the old men. Um, yeah. But yeah, you, you know, the one who always appreciates the finer things, and then I'm the Matthau. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I want my burger, and I, I want. I, don't. I want my baked beans and my fucking hot dog. Yeah. And, fuck and don't don't wrap it in bacon. Don't put don't put a mushroom on it. And what the? Who decided the price of lobster? By the way, it's just a fucking fish. <laughs> and it's a crustacean. And it's a it's one you gotta fucking need uh, Mike Holmes to bring his tool belt over to get that little chunk of meat. Out of the fucking thing, it's one hundred and ten dollars, and you have to sit there for an hour breaking it open. I don't have to break open my food. <laughs> Unless it's the only food I'm breaking open, the only food I'm breaking open is a fortune cookie after eating Chinese. Exactly. <laughs> I went to. I took. I went out with a bad Jew. She was. She. She was very young uh, and just sick of being a Jew and wanted shellfish. Yeah. Uh, so I took her to. Yeah, uh, 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 Joe Forte's, which is the only lobster place I can find, and it's a hundred and ten dollars for a lobster, <laughs> and she couldn't even get the fucking thing open. I had to open it <laughs> for a little bit of meat out of the claw, and we're spraying the cast of X Men who were eating there, and we're shooting them with fucking lobster things because I don't know how to open a fish. <laughs> I just cut them, and they're supposed to open. If it has armor, it means you're not supposed to eat it. <laughs> and by the way, how does lobster taste on its own? Eh, add a ton of garlic butter. Yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> and yet she would get mad at me for getting extra butter on our popcorn at the theater. No, 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 no. Never get mad at that. I want my popcorn soggy. <laughs> yeah, I don't go quite that far, but I... Well, with theater popcorn, yeah, I, I do. You kind of have to. But it's not the same at home. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. it is when I make it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 I go like halfway. But it depends what you're using, too, because I'm a big fan of... I, I, I didn't quite follow a thread, and i got to ask you about it. You were having an argument with someone about margarine. Yes. Um, and I didn't get to read the whole thing because I was at work and I'm not supposed to be on the computer anyway. So well, I, I don't know what that was all about, but it was something about being real. And I had an argument about imaginary cigarettes today with the counterfeiters. Um, <laughs> well, well, margarine, uh, to, to very quickly think, uh, the, the original post was just about why... Why would you eat margarine? It, there's, it's got zero health benefits. It's not good for you. It's all the bad things that that you're not supposed to be having. It, it, it's it's high end canola, is it not? No, it is. It is one molecule away from plastic. Yeah. It's, it's, if you leave that sitting out in the sun, 
not only will it not really melt, but ants won't touch it. Fruit flies won't touch it. Right. Nothing will eat it. It's not a food. It was meant to... What were they using it for? It was meant to plump up turkeys. That's what it was invented for. It was meant to help plump up turkeys, but the problem was was it was killing the birds. (laughs) So since they invested so much money in creating this product, they didn't know what to do with it, so they started serving it to people. And they added a yellow dye to it to make it look like butter. Yeah, of course. And I don't understand anybody who buys margarine and eats it because... Well, it's better for you than butter. No. No, it really isn't. It is so much worse for you. See, I quite like it. I, I, but that's just, I was raised on it. I, it's salty. I like salt. That's really, I, I could do a salt lick. Like, what they give cows, I can just be happy with one of those. Are you um, a fan of prosciutto? You know, I, again, it's a texture thing. I'm really not. Yeah, see, I, that I understand. There's a lot of people that don't like it just because of the texture, because it's kind of stringy and... Chewy, but I'm a fanatic for it. Really good prosciutto is fucking delicious. I've, I've now again, I've never tried a really good one. I've tried really bad ones that I like. It just seems no. like the, the average what what a normal ordinary bruschetta person would have. I I don't like it. <laughs> it's called San Daniel Gold uh, or Silver. That's what almost every grocery store will carry. Uh, it's garbage. Um, you want to get the real thing from Italy. Uh, I actually was fortunate enough to be able to try uh, a prosciutto that cost $96 for our, for um, 100 grams. Wow. Now, 100 grams of prosciutto is equivalent of maybe six slices. Yeah. Yeah, 100 grams. It's always, I'm a huge fan of a sandwich. Like, my favorite yeah. thing on earth, I will take a half a Sunday to make a proper sandwich that takes me the other half a Sunday to eat. Um, but it's very disappointing when you get up to the counter and you see that meat, you order a hundred grams and you're like, what is that? No, I need a thousand grams apparently. Yeah. And you Um, can't afford it because the good stuff's expensive, but a hundred grams is not what you think a hundred grams. You're like, Oh, that'll kill 10 motherfuckers. Uh, No, no, it really doesn't. Meat grams and drug grams. Very different. (laughs) (laughs) It's a pound of bricks and a pound of bricks kind of thing, right? (laughs) Um, so I got to try this because, uh, there's this place called Starsky's there. It's a, it's a, um, European grocery store. I love them. And they have 20 different types of prosciuttos. Oh, wow. And it ranges anywhere from $6 for a hundred grams up to a hundred dollars a gram for a hundred grams. And, um, I was a very regular at this place. I had tried every one of their prosciuttos except for the very, very expensive one. I knew which ones were good. My favorite is uh, called a Numero Uno Adu is the name. I uh, love this stuff. It's perfect. Um, and uh, so this dude was standing in line, and I'm still with my ex-wife, and we're talking about it, but we're totally going to get. We're going to get the Adu, and we're going to get a couple different ones. And this guy's like, you know your prosciutto. I'm like, yeah, I've eaten everything. So we recommended the one for he should get because he was having a bachelor party and he was told to get a bunch of some prosciutto and some cheeses. Well, I know both very, very well. So we start talking about it and he goes, well, have you tried the expensive one? I'm like, I haven't tried that yet. So we asked the guy at the counter, the girl, he says, can I get a slice to try of the $100 for 100 grams? And she's like, absolutely. 
He goes, well, can my buddy here have a slice to try it? He's like, sure. I'm like, oh my God, they're giving it away. This is amazing. If you like prosciutto, it, it's like, um, it's like the, this particular stuff is like the Wagyu beef of steak. Um, okay. Wagyu beef tastes like steak butter. Right. You put it on your tongue and it just dissolves in. This was the same thing. You put it on your tongue. You don't have to chew it. There's no real texture to it. It's like, it's like silk. You just wow. put your tongue and it just sort of melts away into this salty meat. Oh, it's fucking amazing. <laughs> I would actually so I would enjoy good. trying that. I really would. Um, oh. I love that. Just just look at the, the British butcher shops, the European, the, the one in North Van, uh, they've got a steak and Guinness pie that'll just, you, you'll never eat a meat pie ever again in your life. Um, Is that, um, was it Sheffield's or whatever? Uh, it was on 6th and Queensbury, a little in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, uh, that's just, Sheffield. Yeah, very expensive. Their pepperoni was ridiculously expensive, but I've never eaten store-bought pepperoni again. Um, mm. uh, it's the problem when you get into those really good things. It ruins you for everything else. It does, yeah. Um, I've, I, that happened with me. Well, I, I enjoy scotch quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. And I always thought I was drinking good scotch until I drank a good scotch. Yeah. <laughs> and now I don't drink scotch anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I used to like whiskey until I had some high-end whiskeys. Now I'm like, oh. Yeah. and It's good in Coke, but not on its own. <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, with scotch, you're not allowed to do. No. Um, I had family uh, that I'd never met before. I went and uh, spent a Christmas with them, and they poured a glass of scotch, and I asked for water, and I, I barely spoken to that family again. <laughs> um, How dare you? you just, yeah. I, uh, the, the, this cousin of mine, who I had never met, he actually turned the tap on, held the glass about an eighth of an inch from the water, so no water was actually yeah. going in the glass, and then turned the tap off and said, that's how we put water in scotch and handed it to me. Um, <laughs> well done. Yeah, I was, I was impressed. He's, he's a dick. But, um, <laughs> yeah, good, uh, the good things will ruin uh, things for you, and that's why I don't have them. Um, no, that's very, very true. I, I don't want things to be ruined for me like that. I actually, the, the Jewish girlfriend I had made an amazing cookie and I can't have store-bought cookies anymore. It really bugs me. Um, yeah. Things it like that. It probably six months to enjoy a steak after I had a Wagyu. I bet. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just ruined it. You know, that's, God bless my mother. She's, she's really, won't, she won't even try things for that reason. Uh, <laughs> she just doesn't, nope, I don't want that. I will not. And, She's always content with everything she has. <laughs> she refuses to admit that anything else exists. Uh, yeah, I understand that. <laughs> if you buy her nice things, she'll actually get mad and you'll feel bad about it. Um, <laughs> I've tried. <laughs> For years, I tried. I got her a really nice perfume one time, and she made me just feel like a piece of shit because I didn't get her $10 Sears perfume that she loved. <laughs> uh, a horrible parenting. Don't be like that. <laughs> uh, but yes, that's uh, that's um, wow. This turned out to be a culinary show. I wasn't expecting it. It certainly did. Um, we are. I need. I need to get going. I was uh, gonna say it's getting late. Uh, yeah, it's like it's like three in the morning, and we're well, well over our time. Um, yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, Spend the night, mull that title over in your head, and if that's the title, then we will not have a contest. We'll have to have some other kind of contest. Um, 
I love the I love the name. Okay. I think it's great. Well then I leave it up to you. And that being said, I ladies and gentlemen, you've just enjoyed the very last episode of Eric Brennan, Is It Just Me? Um took less than a year to answer that question. Turns out no, no it's not. Um I did a little introduction while I was waiting this evening on speaker dot com that I will uh add to this episode. Well, I thank you very, very much and very much from the bottom of my heart for uh, bringing this show to a level I never expected it to go to. And I, I, I kind of expected you to maybe come on once a month or something when I could actually get a hold of you. Um, and you've just turned out to be so awesome and so much more. And I can't thank you enough for making this just way more fun than I ever thought it could be. I, I love the show and I thank you for the opportunity. Um, you know, like you said in the beginning, I wasn't... I had my uh, trepidation about it. I wasn't sure about putting myself out on the air like that. Um, you know, I just figured I would end up doing this and make myself look like a complete idiot. Turns out people seem to enjoy it. So very much so. Um, um, I love it. And I'm loving to do this show. And excellent. I would love to do this for a living. That would be just so much fun. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, I hate to scare you, but what if we're right? <laughs> go to bed with that thought every night from now on <laughs> there you go <laughs> um, so I will change the graphics uh, tonight as I edit this and we are officially rebranded uh, we didn't make it to episode 100 uh, this was technically episode 95 but well, um, that I doesn't think before we do the that were deleted, so I'm way over 100, actually. Okay. I still, we still have to do our story episode where we, we will, both have our epic long stories to tell. We will sign off on that. I was actually doing some, taking some notes this weekend, getting it prepped, because uh, it's not something I can just do off the top of my head and do it justice. But uh, that will be, I think that'll be, we'll call that our closer. As soon as you're ready to do that, that'll be our, our farewell to this version of the show. And don't okay. freak out, everybody. It's, we're just changing the title. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're, not, we're not changing the format. Same, same production value. I guarantee that. Uh, it's going to be the same show. It's just Gordon deserves the respect of having equal billing uh, because he's definitely in, in equal, if not more. Um, no. So on well, that I note, appreciate it very much. You go enjoy your sleep. I'm going to go try to do that same. Um, maybe check that thing for me and shoot me a text before you go to bed. I will and, do that as soon as I get in the door. And uh, everybody else, uh, this has been a blast. Um, there's a little extra at the beginning, but it's just boring shit. Uh, uh, <laughs> a couple minutes. Yeah. Um, well, everybody else listens to it. I'm just telling Gordy he doesn't have to. It's just the same crap he always hears. Uh, so until then, um, treat, treat uh, uh, be good to each other, especially your in-laws who cook hard for you. Yeah, and stop being an asshole. Exactly. You're just thinking the world. <laughs> All right. Good night, my friend. It's always yeah, a pleasure. Friend. You have yourself a good night, man. You too, man. We'll talk soon. <laughs> Cheers. Uh, this episode, as well as every episode of Eric and Gord, What If We're Right, is made possible by the Champion Tree Entertainment Company. Uh, copyright 2018. All rights reserved. 
okay. Are you? Did you not hang up? No, I didn't hang up. Oh, I just cool. wanted to hear. I wanted to hear the closing part. Yeah, I was just. I <laughs> forgot. I didn't even say it right. <laughs> Stumbled over my own words there. Um, the one time I listened to the ending part. <laughs> yeah, and I'm going. <laughs> I couldn't handle the pressure. Um, I just put that on. Um, there's also a new guy after credits. Uh, um, for I'm going to start using new artwork. Um, and I oh, have to cool. give him credit every episode. There's like a little rule. It's all uh, royalty-free pictures, but you have to give him credit. Okay. So that'll be something I'm adding. I forget his name. The French name. <laughs> oh, Christ. Go figure. But really cool pictures. <laughs> um, that, that one I did of the, the guy reading the burning newspaper, uh, yeah. that's, that's one of his. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, some neat stuff. Uh, and so I've taken a neat angle with the new title of the, the whole the artwork has to be changed completely. Um, it's gonna yeah. be a lot of fun. Awesome! Well, I look forward to it. I'm I'm excited because I, I I love doing this show. It's just so much fun for me. Yeah, and I like usually I, the highlight to most of my days. So me too. And the way it's going, um, like we're we're getting bigger and bigger. Uh, our last stupid episode there, that one where we talked just gibberish basically. Um, <laughs> yeah. I forget what I called it. Something about I. I think they said we should beat our kids, so we should get high and beat our kids, so they're prepared for war. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> that had like five downloads before I woke up. Wow, like, that's amazing. Someone I can't get into the analytics of who's downloading and where uh, on Anchor, uh, but I did figure out how to feed the Anchor show through Streaker, so that I could get. Freakers analytics on it. Okay. Um, and I have to ask them how to get in touch with this radio public because they'll do all that. Radio public will do it. Uh, for They will measure all platforms for us for free. Oh, that is awesome. But um, I have to be able to prove that I own the podcast. Uh, and for, for some reason with Anchor, it's weird. I guess they kind of sort of own it. You have to ask their permission to tell this company that you own it or something weird. Oh, okay. So I'll figure that out. But they're, they're the ones that will monetize and give us a lot of money, and they actively pursue advertisers for us. So Wicked. They're the ones I was telling you about the other night. We get like 60%. Hey, I know you guys. You're in that band with that cool guy. <laughs> yeah. Sounds right. Uh, cool guy. Members of a, a, a band I really like walking by here. That's the, cool. The best band you have never played together. <laughs> uh, that's neat. Um, fan, big fans of the podcast. Uh, all right, you go because I don't want you to crash driving. That would be a really ironic beginning of the new show. I'm already home. I just I already drove home. No, oh, you tricked me again. <laughs> I tricked you again. <laughs> here I think you're all. We just finished. Uh, here yeah. I think you're all miserable in a cemetery, and you're just at home laughing at me. That's all I'm doing exactly. Here, like the French. <laughs> it's just without the gay mustache. <laughs> and we just lost our French listeners forever. <laughs> there they are. Fuck them anyway. Because <laughs> we're just referring to the women. Um, <laughs> the women, they're the only ones with the gay mustache. Uh, all right, I gotta let you go here. Um, okay, my friend. If that comes through, uh, that would be awesome. Let me know right away because I'm eager. 
Yep, I will do that when then uh, if not tonight then you know, like I said, I'll I'll message you as soon as I take a look and then I'll check again tomorrow morning when All I right. get up. I appreciate it. Perfect. All right, my friend. You, uh, are we doing this tomorrow? Uh no, it won't be tomorrow night. Good. Um Well, I don't know, I'll have to wait yeah. and find out. Keep it I'll be, I'm gonna be dead tired tomorrow anyway, so Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> it's gonna be a write off tomorrow, so And that gives me some time to work on new stuff, so Perfect. I will talk to you whenever I can. Yeah, you will, man. I'll keep you posted. I'll let you know. Thanks, Gordon. All right, cheers, brother. Have a good night. You oh, too. Cool, cool, cool. That was that was ridiculously long. Yeah, but it's got to be done. It's necessary evil. Um. On, on that note, well, I'll wait and I'll, I'll do it during the show. Okay. Uh, hi there. Happy Tuesday. It's October 23rd, 2018, and I'm Eric. Talking at you as always from beautiful downtown Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, where doing nothing is actually really complicated because you never know when you're done. <laughs> that's, that's very true. <laughs> I did a tremendous amount of nothing today, so <laughs> I had time to think I, about that. <laughs> I actually kind of did the same thing. I was uh, I was at work from ten this morning until nine o'clock at night. It was a long day, that and where I had from ten till nine is what eleven hours, and for the last seven of those hours, I didn't have a single customer. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's they're probably few and far between. Thinking, you know, it, it's uh, you know something you buy once every ten years. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of um, recommendations. A lot of you know people say, "Oh, go here when they buy something." So it's you, you got to give exceptional customer service, and you got to kind of try to get that the right bed in the right person the first time or you're pretty much just fucked yourself out of like a hundred sales. That makes sense. So, yeah. Um, I cannot set up this other line. I wanted to set up this second line anyway. Well, that's good. Um, as we said off the air, your, your job is doing good and that's, that makes me happy. Yep. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty happy with it so far. I got a tip today, and I'm uh, setting up this second line. Just reminded me of it, so I'm attempting to do it while we talk. Um, hopefully, I don't screw anything up here. But um, uh, something they're doing, other other folks are doing, and now I'm going to attempt to do is set up a one eight hundred number for us. Ooh! So uh, people can call in toll free. Do our little show, and there we go. Uh, so I'm attempting to do that while we talk, but it's having the same issue that the call recorder was having before. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, that whole thing about turning the thing off and on and on doing all that crap. So we're not gonna play with that right now because I'm worried it's gonna screw up the call recorder. So, uh, anyway, I will be setting up a 1-800 number uh, for the newly named. Uh, if if it is newly named, uh, 
Eric and Gord show. Um, that way people can call whenever they want, toll free, and um, talk to us as much as they want. And about anything they want. And about anything they want. There's a creator uh, who is one of the founders of Anchor.fm, and he runs about 12 podcasts. And he finally got fed up and just set up one 1-800 number for all his podcasts. You can you just call and say which podcast you're calling about. <laughs> <laughs> it's genius and lazy at the same time. Exactly. Um, he literally, he's got about 12 of them. Um... I thought at first, when I read the article, it sounded like it was a 1-800 number for everybody on Anchor. Yeah. Um, that we could all be a part of, but no, it's just for him. Selfish guy. So okay. him. But to set up an actual 1-800 number is about $9 a month. So, really? Uh, uh, yeah. Oh. Um, so that, that's another route to go. But, of course, I'm going to try to do the free app one until it doesn't work for six months, and then we'll do the proper one. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, possibility of having the full desktop version of our podcast up and running as early as tomorrow. And that being said, I studied the 15 things you can do on a desktop and not a mobile on the Anchor blog today. So I'm pretty excited about getting that going. There's a lot of things we can do with it. That's awesome. I look forward to uh, seeing how we can well fuck this up. <laughs> and that gets me to the big news before the show gets up and running because I do have stuff I want to talk to you about that's really cool. But yeah. first, I got to break some news to you. Okay. I was looking up the Anchor Lab, which is the name for the podcast studio in Manhattan. Okay. And I got a little overexcited and filled out the application. <laughs> so we are waiting to hear back on when we can get some studio time. Uh, the application has been filled in and the description of what we're going to do and, and, and what we want to do while we're there. And how much time it's going to take. I said two hours. Um, At least, yeah. And, uh, yeah. They, just, uh, I fucking do a 10-hour episode bring it to the studio. Well, I figure we're going to do a road trip from your place to the studio. Yeah. Um, by the time we get there, we're going to be pretty sick of podcasting because we're going to podcast the whole damn thing. And then the, the finale will be us podcasting from the studio. They give us three mics and an iPad. Uh, you know, but... I don't think we would be sick of the podcast because really our podcast is just me and you talking anyway. Yeah, it's true. You know, it's not like we, you know, really come up with a whole lot to say other than just be like, you know, so what did you do today? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's going to be so what did you do today? I flew from Vancouver to Melbourne and then we drove to New York City. I've never been to New York. I'm very excited. And to have a cool reason to go is even more exciting. The closest I've been to New York City is Buffalo, and Buffalo's fucking gross. Yeah, I've heard. I've, I've always wanted to go. It's the one place in the States that I imagine I'd really like. Yeah, I've been to... Okay, where have I been in the States? I've been to New York, but Buffalo, so it doesn't count. Um, Pennsylvania, Maine... Vermont, 
in Florida. Nice. Um, that would cover what they call the eastern seaboard. Yeah, pretty much. Um, except for Long Island. Which Yeah, is- no, I never went to Long Island, and I never hit, like, the, uh, I don't know, what's on the edge down there. Is that the, the Dakotas or the Carolinas or something? I don't know. I think that's the Carolinas. Yeah, and I never you, heard those. And you got Georgia right there, too. That's right above Florida. Yeah, I've never been to Georgia either. That's where our good friend Jason, he wasn't born there, but that's where he's from, uh, technically. He was, born in, he was born in Louisville, Kentucky. Moved to Atlanta, Georgia when he was a young lad. And he's, then, from, he's from fucking Kentucky? Jason, Jason Mitha, yeah, it was. Really? Yeah. Louisville, Kentucky. Or, sorry, Louisville. Everyone says, everyone says Louisville except people from Kentucky. He always corrected me on that. It's not Louisville, it's Louisville. It's like people from Toronto. We, we say Toronto, where of us is Toronto. Yes, we, we put the hard toe. <laughs> There's only one T in Toronto. Exactly. It's a couple of A's and it's a men's. One T in Toronto. I like that. That would be a good t-shirt. That would be a good Doug Ford t-shirt. <laughs> Doug Ford. There's only one T in Toronto. Doug Ford, putting the T in Toronto. <laughs> uh, I wasn't going to get on him right away, but speaking of him, <laughs> I don't know if you've heard. I, did you hear about the, um, the basic income plan in Ontario? No. Okay, the previous Liberal government came up with a plan, and I thought it was absolutely brilliant. I think it should be the law. Um, It was something that was tested in Newfoundland in the 70s and worked amazingly. And what they do is they cancel welfare. Yeah. You have to go out and get a job. But they come up with a minimum basic living income. And it doesn't matter what your job is. No matter how much you make, the government gives you the rest. So if, if that number happens to be $10 an hour and you only make $8 an hour, then the government gives you $2 an hour for every hour you work. So you get, and it's whatever would be the minimum you need to live in that province. Um, it encourages employment because that's the only way you get this is if you're employed. And uh, it, it, everyone can afford to live, literally afford to live. You know, no, no one is below the minimum wage, uh, or minimum living wage, which in Vancouver is $21. Which in Toronto is probably the same, same wage. Uh, probably, yeah. So what you would do is no matter what you make, uh, for every hour you work, the government gives you the rest. So you're up to $21 an hour, no matter what your hourly wage is. It, it worked wonders in Newfoundland. They had literally zero unemployment, and everyone was happy and content and wealthy, and the government was doing well because it was actually cheaper than doling out welfare to people. Um, This was going to be a three-year test in Ontario, and one of Doug Ford's first acts as premier was to scrap it. I don't think it would work in Ontario. It's too many people. Well, they were testing it in four towns, and the people in those four towns had already made plans. Uh, they'd gotten mortgages, they were all ready for this to happen, and now it's not happening, their lives are destroyed. <laughs> um, it was going to be, I wrote it down because I knew I would forget, uh, Bramford, Hamilton, Thunder Bay, and Lindsay. 
so Brantford, for those that don't know, is like crack central for Ontario. It's like the addiction capital of fucking Ontario. Good, good. They could definitely use more money then. It is <laughs> disgusting there. They have, what, three injection sites? And the town is tiny. Yeah, yeah, these are all it's small like towns. Half the size, it's, it's less than half the size of Milton. Oh, wow. And that's just, that's just in land mass. It's, the population is like a fraction. It's got a population of like 20-something thousand, maybe, maybe 30,000 people. Holy cow. So it's, it's, a t- it's a small town, and yet they've got three injection sites. Yeah. Which, well, probably yeah. not for long, because he's ended the funding to those as well. <laughs> Fucking um, But, uh, so, the federal government, my boy Jagmeet, who I've been saying, where the hell is Jagmeet, he finally poked his head up this weekend. Yeah. And said that the federal government should step in and reinstitute, reinstitute this program and take full responsibility for it. And the mayors of the four towns have said, yes, Jagmeet, please do that. So, uh, get, big boost for the NDP in Ontario, because he's saying if he gets in, the federal government will support this program. So, hmm. we'll, we'll see if all the crackheads in Bamford uh, vote NDP this year. That'd be impressive. I, I, don't know. I, I just don't understand, why don't they just change the cost of living? Like, why don't they just change that? I, Why keep giving people fucking handouts when instead you can just change how your fucking province is run? Because then rich people wouldn't be rich anymore, and they won't have that. But the rich can still be rich. You just don't have to have it so that it costs everybody a fucking fortune to do anything. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree. The consumerism fucking market, if you drop the prices, like here's a perfect example. When was the last time you walked by a house and you didn't see a large fucking plasma or fucking LED or UHF fucking TV in the fucking window? Oh, I think, yeah, I think it's part of a homeowner's agreement now. You have to have it. Right. And I was just looking at prices on those. You could get a 70-inch 4K UHF or UVP, whatever the fuck they call the new ones, or the brand new fucking TVs, 4K fucking TV, and it's $1,300. Right. $1,300. That is a ridiculously low price for such a massive, large, smart TV. And unnecessary. But yet, on the same note, it costs like three times that amount to fucking pay for your fucking mortgage on a house. Hey, it costs ten times that amount for most prescriptions that people need. <laughs> well, yeah, fuck. Um, that's, but that's the Wally scenario, right? Get us watching the big TV so we're not watching what's going on around us. Uh, I, I, I Which is why I'm scared about the weed legalization because is it... Did they legalize it for... Because of the outcry? Did they legalize it because of the money they can make? Or did they legalize it hoping that everybody will smoke it so they can make people dumb so they don't, they're more complacent? Well, it's definitely doing that. A lot of people were arrested this weekend for uh, smoking in their vehicles, um, thinking that it's just like a cigarette now. 
Um, God damn it. And dispensaries uh, getting fined and, and, and shut down all over the place. I honestly think it was to get rid of dispensaries. I think we were right on the ball last week when we talked about this. Um, but yeah, get us stupid. Get us stupider. Um, you know, in, in Clockwork Orange, it was Maloko. In, um, in every, uh, there was one in Fahrenheit 451, too. There's, there's some sort of inoculant in, in every one of those uh, stories, those dystopian stories of the future where people, you know, look at four, Fahrenheit 451 where your whole living room is a TV and you just sit there high watching it for your, that's basically your whole existence. Um, that we're getting close to that. 70 inches and free weed, or sorry, legal weed. Yeah. And one dollar beer. It's very it's a fucking scary fucking time we're living in right now. It really is. And people aren't listening. People are going for the 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 seventy inch screen and the the new device, whatever it happens to be. Like how much better and faster does your device really need to be? It wasn't that long ago that we didn't have them and we were just fine. Yeah. It's true. Now they've got us scared out of our wits. What a fucking jerk off. <laughs> yeah. Very, very scary. But I did like this plan. I like this plan because it encourages employment. You have to get a job. There is no welfare. If you don't work, you get nothing. I like that. You have to work or you get nothing. That's the option. There is no more government handout, so to speak. Um because you have to work to get it. So literally 100% of Newfoundland was working because nobody wanted to not get anything. So here's my issue with it. I've been paying into unemployment insurance since the age of 14. Yeah. I'm not, not going to get fuck all if I lose my job. I'm not going to get anything. That's oh, you're not, not going to get most of it anyway. I'm not getting anything. I got blacklisted years ago. But nonetheless... Yeah. On fucking paper. See, I have a different solution. Yeah, our generation gets fu- is going to get fucked on CPP, too. That'll be gone by the time we're ready to collect it. Yeah, that's true. Um, I have a different solution. Here's mine. And I think this will work better. We pay money into EI, right? Yes. Drop your paycheck automatically. So then why not have the money that comes out of our accounts, that, that comes out of our paychecks, goes into its own separate account? That's what it's supposed to do. You lose your money. That's your money. You have your access to it. The money runs out, you're fucking out of money. Go get another job. Yeah, that's exactly how it should be. I don't like the fact that I have only once in my life ever gotten it. I've worked for 23 years. I've gotten $1,200 out of them, which I ended up having to pay back when I sued Dick's Lumber. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, that money's just being stolen every two weeks, in my opinion. Um, well, it has to, because there is no... I shouldn't have to apply, quote-unquote, to get my money. No, you shouldn't. There should be some card you get that you just go get it. Yeah, you took this money with everybody asking. You. you didn't ask my permission to take this money, and you're telling me it's for unemployment, and yet, 
for employment insurance, and then I lose my job, and I have to apply for, and you have the right to turn me down? Yeah. No. It's the same with a marriage. If I get married, I want to get divorced. I have to ask permission. That's right. For a guy who doesn't know me to say, yes, you can get married, or on the flip side, say, no. Now you guys got to stay together. Yeah. No. This is fucking ridiculous. Speaking of which, my good friend, my, my crush, the, the, the girl of my dreams who moved to the States to meet her, the man of her dreams, uh, yeah. is uh, just applied for an annulment of her August 3rd marriage. <laughs> uh, really? Yeah, it turns out me, you're the, the internet guy that she flew halfway across the world to meet uh, wasn't who he thought, said he was on the internet. Um, so they were engaged before they, I know, no, it was a whirlwind. They met, they got married and now it's being an old. Oh my God. Oh, August 3rd. I just thought that was funny cause I've talked about her on the show before and I got, uh, I got all swept up in the Facebook today, catching up on things. <laughs> uh, because I was following a very interesting story. I, I'm just gonna, I don't know if we got anywhere, but, uh, I want to move on real quick here because I got a lot of lots to cover tonight. So um, we'll follow that a little more closely. And uh, I agree with you. I I want my EI back, but I don't think that's ever going to happen. Uh, I just I have such an issue with that. I think there's a couple of easy solutions for it, and yeah, it doesn't involve the government taking my fucking money. Well, see, people don't understand. The feudal system never ended. We think it did. We learn about it in history class as if it did, but it's still the feudal system. It's still the king coming in and taking our stock and giving us little bits of land to cultivate, but it's all, he still owns it all. It's all on, on the king's behalf. It's just we call the king a politician now, and we put him in Ottawa instead of England. Nothing has changed. So that's true. Canada started. We we think it did. We we're taught that it did, but it did. If you go get a grade eight textbook and read it, it's exactly what we're still doing. It's just instead of one person, and instead of one person fucking you, it's a group. <laughs> it's a group of people in nice suits, and I am waiting for now. I I I like to liken myself to a modern day Robin Hood. Uh, I'm waiting for a real modern-day Robin Hood to come out and put these people in their place. And I think is kind of half the purpose of our show. I, I think it is. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping it is, because frankly, we'd do a lot better without them. That was the point of my political campaign. It will be again very shortly. Um, we don't need them making these decisions for us. We could very easily and very cheaply institute our program of optional EI, you check a box. I want you to take it. I don't want you to take it. And when you lose a job, we either have it for you or we don't because you said not to. Simple. Easy. And you get it back. Yeah. It's, I, I, don't see, I don't see what the issue is. Neither do I. But in the old days, this is the part say, is it just me? Did I just lose you? No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm shaking my head. Yeah, and I'm putting you on speakerphone somehow, so. Yes, you have, I can hear the echo. Oh. Echo! <laughs> oh, 
now you're back and I have touched nothing. So, and our podcast just started up on Spotify. Wow. So I have no idea what's going on with my phone. It's making a weird little beeping noise and just playing whatever the hell it wants. But I'm glad it chose us. <laughs> That's nice. Because I've been listening to other podcasts. I was doing that this weekend, listening to some of uh, our competition. And Ooh. I listened to one on the history of stand-up comedy. Very uh, it, uh, interesting. Um, very enlightening. A lot I didn't know about the history of stand-up. This is going right back to the, the, the very first stand-up comedian in 1947. Wait, the first stand-up comedian was in 1947? 1947, a year before uh, uh, radio became a thing. I call bullshit. The first stand-up comedian was a jester, a court jester. No, because a court jester used a musical instrument, and that is the big distinction between the old style comedians and the stand-up comedian is the stand-up comedian needed no props and no musical accompaniment. No. A court jester used both. I didn't know that court jesters had to use musical instruments. I thought it was... They didn't have to, but they generally did. Well, And props, it, like juggling and, and the likes. Um... But there you go. I'm just, I'm just putting you in your place for the fun of it. This, that wasn't part of the show by any means. You could very well be right. Um, I'm okay with that. Uh, um, oh yeah, it's like when, when, when they say that prostitution is the oldest, uh, the, the oldest uh, trade. Uh, well, they, they say prostitution is the oldest occupation but someone had to pay the prostitutes for something, uh, you know, and back then it was usually fish. Well, then fishermen was the oldest occupation. Um, a stupid argument. But wouldn't it have been for trade before there was money? Oh, it could have been. I don't know. I wasn't there. <laughs> I, uh, I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> that took me a second. <laughs> I'm sober. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, uh, the show's taking on a, a whole new direction now. We're equals. I can be mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm starting to rethink this. Hang on a minute. <laughs> uh, we are at the 10:45 mark. I need to take a break real quick. Okay. Um, it'll be literally a 30-second phone call here. I just uh, I'll get right back to you. Yeah, no worries. All right, sorry, man. No problem. And everybody else, this isn't going to seem like a break to you because I'm going to stop recording and then I'll be right back and you won't even know I was gone. Except for the fact <laughs> that I just explained that all to you. So now you're going to know I was gone. All right. <laughs> On that note, I'll be back in a minute. Here's it.